Welcome back to the podcast, you guys. And I'm here with Sticks. He is a wrestling on, big man. How's it going, brother? It's going good, my guy. I didn't mean to step on your intro like that. Oh, it's all good, man. You know, it's hey, we're we're just having fun here. So if you guys didn't know, Sticks is a wrestling commentator. He's a wheelchair bodybuilder, and he has cerebral palsy like yours truly. So welcome, brother. How you doing? What's what's up? I'm good. It's a little early for me. I know it's afternoon, but you know I work nights at a. I'm a DJ at a strip club, so you know I gotta I gotta nice, wake man. up and get the stripper dust out of my eyes before I can do uh, cool stuff like this. So I'm happy to be here, man. Let's let's get it. Yeah, me me too, me too, brother. So uh, to kind of start up this podcast, <clears throat> what so what kind of if you can share with us what kind of cerebral palsy do you have? Like what were you what kind of CP were you born with? So I was born with uh, spastic diplegia. Uh, and it affects the lower half of my body, my my balance, my hand-eye coordination. Um, I get around pretty good. I, I think I have a pretty mild case. I, I think I'm a level one. Uh, okay. So I got really lucky in that. And then I did, uh, I've had a selective rhizotomy on my spine. I've had my hamstrings extended. I've had uh, several eye surgeries to correct, uh, you know, my vision and things like that. So it's been a, it's been a fun road and you throw in, you know, a good, few years of physical therapy every week for however long and uh, here we are oh yeah man i feel you believe it or not i was born a spastic quad oh wow i'm supposed to walk at all like you know uh, the reason i'm walking is because of 10 different surgeries i've had yeah so um you know and and we've i've had eye surgeries too and a rhizotomy i had a rhizotomy as well it's it's so interesting how just surgeries alone and just the fact that we're so positive, you know, we can um, we can really push ourselves and people underestimate us. I think when you live like we do, you know, you kind of have to, man. You don't have a choice. You know, what are you going to do? You're going to you're going to sit in a hole and sit on the couch and collect a check. Or are you going to try and make something out of life and, and go where you want to go and drag this some bitch along with you? Uh, exactly, man. Like, you know, we still deal with the stigma of, oh, look, you have cerebral palsy. Where isn't somebody? I get I get this a lot. Why isn't somebody taking care of you? Where's your family? Um, <laughs> yada yada yada. And I'm like, oh, I, I got my own place. I have my own job. I I do my own thing. You know. One of my favorites is you ever go to the grocery store and somebody goes, well, how did you get here? What do you mean how did I get here? I I drove. I have a car. It goes where I tell it to. <laughs> Do you right. need the help? No, man, I got it. I know what I'm doing, you know. But I, I think ignorance, albeit ignorance, can be well, well-mannered and well-natured ignorance regardless. So I think, you know, everybody has good intentions. Uh, but my dad used to say, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So, you know, you just got to take it with a grain of salt and go, oh, that's, you know, thanks for caring, but that was cute. Now get out yeah. of my way. <laughs> My my stepmom used to used to be the same way with me. Like every time, uh, I'd feel sorry for myself. She's like, "I'm not sorry for you. My pity box is broken. I, I gotta feel sorry for you. I, I know you. You know she she gave me that tough love and and uh, my dad my dad did too. And that's how I ended up how I am today. You know, just because of them. Yeah, I agree. I was adopted, uh, so you know my parents kind of picked me. You know, they were like, "Oh, we'll we'll keep this little." little dumpster baby and then they figured out i was uh a little extra complicated and they they still kept me around so 
Um, but yeah, no, they were they were very encouraging. Always, always, you know, if there's something you want to do, go try and do it. But you have to understand that it's going to be harder for you than it is for anybody else. And if you go into it with that mindset, I think life, I don't want to say it's easier, but it's it's manageable as far as expectations and, and how you get through things. Because I think everything for us uh, is, is a little bit of a higher mountain. So you have to walk into any situation knowing that. You know, we we do things differently. When we go into buildings, we we know where the exits are. We look for wet spots. We know, you know, how many chairs are in the room and how do I get through this room and where's the maze and where's the bathroom and all that stuff. It kind of happens instantly for me now. When I was a kid, I kind of had to, you know, stop and pause and navigate and see. And just that adaptation that our life is, uh, you know, I think I don't want to say makes us better, but certainly makes us more aware. Right. It's like with me, I have to rely on landmarks to find things like once I like if I'm walking somewhere or going somewhere. It'll take me a few tries to get there, but once I figure out like a landmark to where it is. Then it makes it a lot easier because if I don't see like a like something sticking out like a certain sign or a certain color or anything, I can't find I can't find a certain place. Right. Like I'm very visual. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm the same way. Uh, I used to be horrible with directions. Now I, I spend so much time on the road with wrestling and, and working and stuff like that. I, I've become much, much better at it, but I think I'm very much like you. If I go somewhere twice, three times, I can, I can remember. Uh, but I, you know, ways and Google maps and all that is a great way to get through life. If you're, if you're lost. Right. You know, especially I think now in Florida from, I'm actually saving up for a Tesla myself. And I read that in Florida, I don't know how true this is, but uh, it's it's legal for you to have it on the road, even though you don't have a license because it's a self-driving car. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. And I Googled it and I'm like, no freaking way. And I kept, you know, doing my research and I'm like, well, this is actually like legit, but it's only like a handful of states that's legal. Right. So it's like, this is, this is a groundbreaking for people like ourselves that, I mean, for me, I can't really drive because I have um, my spasticity. I don't know if you, I don't know if it happens to you, but with me with loud noises, I'm really sensitive. And oh, wow. I jump. Yeah, I, like, I, I, know. I jump, and it's funny because people that don't know me, they get so concerned. They're like, "Are you okay? Oh my god!" And I'm like, "No, you scared me." And I, I'll get real serious <laughs> and I start laughing. I it's it's like that for me too, but like if you, it's only if I don't know it's coming. Right. Like I work in a nightclub. Yeah, there you go. Like me. So like me. So I'm used to loud. Loud is my life. Wrestling shows are loud. Everything I do is loud. Right. I'm a loud guy by nature. But like last night, I'll give you a prime example. I was in the DJ booth and <laughs> I had asked one of the servers to bring me some uh, some ice and something to drink. She sneaks up behind me and she like whispered in my ear and I didn't scared the hell out of me man she was like oh are you good i'm like yeah just it's part of the policy man it's part of the ride <laughs> yeah you know it's it's uh it's one of those things you know once you it's like with me like with me loud noises once i get comfortable with it then i'm fine you know I, it's the same thing with you right yeah yeah 100 like i uh i remember the first time i went to wrestling training 
and that sound of the mat, the the bang of the mat, make it, you know, the mat makes a real unique sound, almost like a gunshot, right? So when you're not used to it and you don't see it come in and you don't know what's about to happen, it can spook guys like us, right? But now it's one of my favorite sounds that that bang of the mat when somebody takes a bump is is probably one of my favorite sounds. Oh yeah, it's funny because I don't know about you, but I asked this. Um, Duke, well, Duke asked me this on his show. How do you feel about accessibility in pro wrestling? Like when it comes to, you know, you either being in a wheelchair or not being able to sit in your seat, and it's like your seat's a little farther up than than usual. Or you can't really stand up, so you see people standing up when a certain superstar gets like a huge superstar, and you can't see you can't see worth anything. Right. And or you want to go meet a superstar, for example. Like I told him about how I almost met Kenny, and I went down to where the security was, and I was not even three feet from from where Kenny was, because I was trying really hard to meet him, and I had two of my buddies, like one of them in the front, one of them in the back, trying to protect me from you know getting bumped and and hit. And the security guard goes and says. Oh, you guys, you guys gotta leave, you guys gotta go. And I'm sitting there like and I'm like, oh, I was so close. And I'm like, yeah. if I had those couple seconds, I could have just used my cerebral palsy as an advantage and would have, would have fallen over the guardrail and just like, Kenny, look at me. <laughs> Help me, brother. Yeah, no, I've um I've had so I've had uh one really bad experience with handicapped accessible seating when it comes to wrestling shows, but for the most part, I don't um especially now working a lot of shows, I just, I walk kind of everywhere uh, unless it's a convention and then I'll use a scooter. But for the most part, you know, I don't, I've never been shunned. I'm, I'm sure I get stared at, but like, that's part of the deal. Right. I mean, you know, if they're going to stare at you, you might as well give them a reason to stare. Right. But I, th I think aside from that one really bad experience, which happened at an end, an AEW show, as a matter of fact, but AEW, yeah, yeah, it was a it was a horrible. So they did a lot of shows at Daly's place here in in Jacksonville yeah. because you know Tony Khan owns the place, so yeah, right. hey, why not save money on rent? The way they had the handicap seats on the first level were almost like floor seats; they weren't elevated. So when everyone stood up in front of me couldn't see anything and that was the whole show so i spent 85 percent of the show staring at somebody's ass and that's cool and all but if i want to go look at ass for free i'll just go to the club right, right. Like, why not? <laughs> oh man like but for real like there needs to be um like i i told duke like there needs to be stuff, stuff done with that when it comes to shows theme parks anywhere it needs to be more accessible like, uh, but theme it all parks, really starts with even, us, you know? Yeah, I don't even do theme parks anymore because everybody's got a reason to to use a scooter or use a wheelchair and skip the line and all that. Because it used to be cool, right? You used to feel like a VIP, like, oh, we're going to go up the exit. They're going to, you know, take care of our crew. It's going to be fun, right? Like, I don't know how old you are. How, how old are you? I'm 32. Okay, so I'm 37. So when we were kids, right, if you went to Disney World, and if you don't know this, now you know. But when we were kids, if you went to Disney World, you had a wheelchair, you had a scooter, you had something, they would bring you up the exit and yeah. say, how many people in your party? And you could wait, and then they'd put you on the ride, and you didn't have to wait in line with all the sweaty, you know, fat hogs in line with turkey leg juice all over their shirts. So yeah. it was really cool. You felt really special. You felt like a VIP. Now, 
everybody's got a scooter everybody's got a wheelchair everybody's got a doctor's note so there's three lines now instead of just one and the exit so a bunch of fakers ruin it for the real guys like you and me for real i absolutely hate yeah like it just it just really diminishes experience and anything now i don't even go now now why why would i want to go now you're all fakers yeah man uh, so so for you, I know you've been in wrestling for for a while, and you meant we uh, we talked a little bit about this off air that you have been into wrestling since you were a kid. Is it something that kind of that pa- that passion kind of helped you cope with your cerebral palsy, and it kind of encouraged you to be like, hey, you know what, I can pursue this, and I'm going to do everything I, I can think, to do so. Yeah, I think so. It's a really weird story. I say this. Wrestling saved my brain. When I was a kid, I was picked on a lot, right? We had just moved uh, from Texas to Florida. I was the new kid in school. I was also the kid in the wheelchair in school. So a little extra. So I was getting picked on hard. And after one particularly bad day, I don't know if I should tell. I'm going to, I'll tell the story. Why not? It might help somebody, right? So. I was in the bathroom in in Florida. A lot of schools are spread out. So like hallways are actually outside and they're covered walkways and there's a lot of portables and stuff. So uh, I I was in a, a bathroom portable and uh, I was in the handicap stall <clears throat> and a bunch of guys came in. I don't know how many, three or four guys came in and they saw my wheelchair, the stall. So they held the door shut and they dipped paper towels in the urinals and they threw them over the wall in the handicap stall. So they were bombing me with paper towels, but it wasn't water. So I went home and I didn't tell any, I didn't want to tell anybody. Right. Cause if you tell people, it just makes it worse. Right. You don't want to be a snitch. So, I'm in my room and I'm just like bawling. Like my, my, I was, I was shook. I didn't have any friends. I didn't think anybody gave a shit. And I had this little TV that was like local channels and I could play my Nintendo 64 and chill. So I'm flipping through and I see wrestling and I stop and it's DX on TV. I'll never forget this. It was all the DX and they were in the ring and they were doing their thing. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And it just like a worm got in my brain and it just lived there. And then slowly, you know, things changed for me. I started working out. Um, I saw pumping iron for the first time, fell in love with Arnold, started understanding fitness. And then in my head, I was like, I can be, I can be that. I'm entertaining. I can talk. I can do all that. I can be part of the business. I don't know if I could ever have a match, but I could be part of the business on some level. Uh, and that never went away. It never left. It, you know, I've been through all these different twists and turns and, and changes in my life, but, you know, wrestling never went away. So when I finally got the opportunity to uh, at least have a shot at training, you know, uh, I was like, I'm going to go for it. And and here we are. Right. And, and I got to say, man, looking at you, you're, you're, you're built like a tank. You can take, you can take, uh, 
I think you can take a couple bumps, you know, just. Yeah, man, I have actually. And um, one of the things that I think makes me different from, you know, other just commentators and managers, like I, I like physicality. I like being strong. I like getting in there and mixing it up and getting dirty. And, you know, it, 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 it revs me up. You know, I do a lot of dumb stuff and I don't know if you listen to Duke's podcast, but I told you, I told the story about the fireball to the face and like, I, you know, I like taking bumps. I like getting in there and doing and crazy stuff. I, I like I said, I may never be the main event of WrestleMania. I may never have a match, but you know, I can, I can take a bump with the best of them. So you I'm know, not there, afraid of it. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a friend of mine I like to connect you with, um, Hey Greg Aaron, if you listen to this, I wanna I wanna hook you up with Six because he's a good dude. He could he could he could be a he could be a potential guest in your podcast. He's actually Greg is actually a professional wrestler with Cerebral Palsy. He's he's wrestled all over. Um, he's he's trained by Johnny Gargano. I know who he is, and yes. we were supposed to do a show together. And this is a crazy story. We were supposed to do a show together in South Carolina two weeks after my accident. We were oh, scheduled man. to work a show together, and we were actually going to be part of a program together. He's one of my inspirations. I don't, you know, we've never worked together, but I know him. I follow his career. I'm a big fan, like all that stuff. So, you know, he, when I saw him, like, oh, here's a guy with cerebral palsy doing this thing, this thing that I love, this thing that I want to be a part of. It just, I don't know, it revved me up. It was like, okay, it's possible. Like, let's go, let's, you know, let's get it. So yeah, he's, he's a huge inspiration for me. And, and uh, I would love to talk to him for however long. Yeah. Like he and I, he and I, uh, well, I met through him through a cameo that my friend surprised me with for one of my 30th birthday. Um, he made a cameo. My buddy requested a cameo from him. He showed me the video and he said, yo, David, I heard about your podcast. He's from Posing Fitness Podcast. And I'd love to be a guest on your show. And that same day on my birthday, I got to interview him. Like, it was so surreal because you know I was like, dude, I just followed you for years and I got to interview you and he's he's been uh, and we've done we've done um, motivational speaking conferences together. You know we've we've worked together. So it's pretty cool. That's awesome, man. I love him. I you know I hope one day we get to work together. I hope one day I get to shake his hand and and you know share a room with him, share a locker room with him because he he really is dope and and such an inspiration for me and. I think if you live your life with any sort of disability, whether it's cerebral palsy, whatever, when you, you see guys like me or Gregory or you or, uh, yeah. you know, anybody in the space go out and make an effort to be successful, I think you got you to gotta take that and hold on to it because a lot of people in the normal world, right, for lack of a better term, don't expect much of us. So we got to expect it from ourselves. Right. And then one of the things that I was just I meant I uh mentioned to Duke is a lack of um representation in wrestling in terms of people with disabilities like ourselves. That like Gregor Aaron, he's been in the circuit for, for decades. And when has he ever had a shot for impact wrestling, for WWE? Heck, even AEW. And he was about to join AEW. Until he was disqualified due to a medical medical issue, and he never he never got to make it. I think, I think there's a couple of reasons, and like I'm just gonna 
spout off and maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, but there's a couple of reasons that we don't get looks from major companies. And it, it comes down to two things. They don't believe for whatever reason we're marketable, right? Because for them, wrestling is a business. It's called the wrestling business for a reason. It's about making money for whatever reason. They don't see us as marketable pieces of the puzzle. I disagree 100%. Yeah, I do too. You want a baby face. You want somebody to root for. You want hell. You want somebody to boo. You give me a live microphone in three minutes and see if I don't got somebody throwing something at me by the time I'm done. Look, Gregory Irons is a good wrestler. I mean, he's he's better than good. He's great. He's a great wrestler. He's been doing it a long time. He's got a mind for the business. The guy knows how to make money for himself. He's been doing it for almost 20 years. So if he has a mind for it and you know he's smart and you know he knows how to find his own value and has been doing it on the independent circuit for so long, what makes you think – as a major company, if you don't put somebody like him or somebody like me in a position to be a star for you, we're not going to make you the same money we'd make ourselves. Right, you're absolutely you're absolutely right on right on right on the money with that. You are absolutely correct. Um, is he is he someone that you you if you could get in the ring at least once, would you would you have a match with him? Oh hell yeah, hell yeah! I would love to have a match. I think. I think it's possible. I think it would be bowling shoe ugly. I think it would be a train wreck, but I'm here for it. You know, I can sell, I can take a bump, I can work safe. I can do all those things that you're supposed to be able to do in the ring. The problem for me is I can't hit the ropes, right? So I can't, there's no, I'll never have a high spot. I'll never, you know what I mean? Like I might be able to jump off the top rope and I'll do it. I'll drop a macho man elbow quicker than anybody because I'm crazy like that. But I don't, I don't know if a match for me is where my money is. And I think in the entertainment business, you have to understand your weaknesses and your value and you have to accentuate your value and minimize your weaknesses because that's where the money is. That's how you, that's how you increase your profile as a performer. For me, God gave me a quick brain and a big mouth. Right. So I have to understand that, yeah, I can be big and strong. Yeah, I can lift all this weight and my arms are 21 inches, whatever they are. And that looks great. But also, when you give me a live microphone and a story to tell, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it better than 98% of the world. All right. It seems like uh, a lot of these the, a lot of these uh, storylines and the way that they're they're handling the, the, the mic, it's not as not as um convincing as it's as it's been the last uh you know decade or two decades that's my opinion how do you feel about today's storylines and how they're kind of bringing them out i think different companies do things right uh i think when you give when you give a performer the ability to be an artist right and say hey this is the idea we have for you now come back to us with some ideas to accentuate the story itself instead of, hey, here's three pages of dialogue. Read this, say this, and this is what we want you to This is what we... You give these people an opportunity to be stars because you knew they were stars already. 
right? Everybody that was before they were in WWE, unless they were just a college athlete and you just plucked them off the field, has been doing this for some length of time. So they understand themselves. They understand their character. They understand where they see themselves as a performer. So when you hand somebody four pages of dialogue and go, okay, now go cut me seven minutes of this written script. I think it takes away from the artistry of the story. I think part of what makes wrestling great or what made wrestling great in say the attitude era or the territory days was more freedom in the sense that like, I, I, and I understand why there are scripts now. I understand why everything is micromanaged to the second corporate sponsorship there's billions of dollars on the line it's not it's not what it used to be i understand that but you can still give your talent the ability to be talented instead of just hey cookie cutter this cookie cutter that i think when you take away freedom from an artist it doesn't it's not art anymore it's just you know it's walmart paintings you know does that make sense right right it's it's almost like a Speaking about Walmart, did you? Uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if it was Beyonce <clears throat> or somebody else shared this, but um, I shared this this post of the WWE superstars if they were to work at Walmart. You know, it showed Vince, it showed Roman, it showed John Cena as like a, a greeter and like Kane, <laughs> and it was pretty hilarious. It was made somebody made it via AI, and I'm like Vince, Vince and Seth are the only two that I see doing that. <laughs> Everybody else looked really weird. Right check on produce, pal. Jesus. And then oh you had Austin God. too in the in the back, yeah. you know, and you, you you picture him looking at Walmart in the back there in the crates, drinks and beers and which know, is the blue things. vest on, no shirt, just a blue vest, some jean shorts. Be like clean up on, on aisle, stump a mod hole on his on his yeah. ass, you know. <laughs> Man. Um for for you being being a uh, being a wrestling commentator, do you do you kind of um, are you neutral most of the time, or do you like to kind of flip the switch and be a face so or I am, at certain points? I am a genuine heel, my guy. I am one hundred percent heel for life. I, I you know I've I've been a, a color guy for most of my commentary career because initially I was paired up with a guy by the name of Matt Grafer. Goes by the young professor. He works for the Savannah Bananas now. He's he's an incredible MC, incredible announcer. He's actually one of my best friends. We just clicked. I don't know. It was weird. So we I had started in wrestling ringing the bell. I was just a bell guy, right? And eventually, you know, everybody found out I used to have a background in radio and like, hey, can you do commentary? I was like, hell yeah, I can do commentary. What the hell? Let's get it. So they put us together because we both have, you know, incredible voices. And he actually used to listen to me on the radio. So that's kind of cool too. Like he was like, 10 years ago, you got, you gave me wrestling tickets to a TNA show that I won on the radio show. So it's kind of like a a full circle thing. We started working together and it was immediate. It was like, I don't know. It just made sense. So when he would do other shows for other companies, when I was just starting out, I would literally say to him, Hey, can I just ride with you? Can I just go and like they can use me for whatever? Yeah, no, it wasn't even shadow. It was just 
he was on the road a lot and he didn't want to be in the car by himself. And we liked the same things. We listened to the same music. We liked the same movies where, you know, we had a lot of similar mindsets when it came to everything. So we started riding together almost immediately. And almost every weekend we were doing shows for different companies all over the place. And I would just show up and be like, Hey, you know, I'm a business. I'll run your lights. I'll run your sound. I'm a DJ. This is what I know. This is what I bring to the table. And they would be like, well, who the hell is this Make-A-Wish kid? And then they would make me do something, whatever it was. And then at the end of the show, the promoter would come up and go, hey, man, um, you know, we hear you do commentary and we hear you do pretty well. You want to work for us? And that's how, that's literally how I started just building a resume in wrestling. And it was because he was like, yeah, man, come on. And we would like, we would stop at Bucky's and we would get treats and we would fill up on energy drinks and beef jerky. And we would just go to these shows weekend after weekend after weekend after weekend and sometimes it was two shows a day and sometimes it was two shows on a saturday and a show on sunday and it, we would just go and that's been that way for god almost five years now it's it's something that you that you found uh that brings you peace oh absolutely you. it's it's your home away from home it's it's my home it's not even my home away from home it's my home i've never it's the most exhilarating moment when you walk out of a curtain in front of a live crowd and you know, they're going to give you a reaction because you know, you're good enough to get it. It's not that you deserve it. It's not because you're there. It's not because, Hey, I'm a performer. So these people are going to boo me because I want them to boo me or cheer me because I want them to cheer me. They're going to do it because I'm good enough to pull it out of you. It's psychology, right? It's the way you walk. It's the way you look. It's the way you dress. If you see, any of my shows now I wear suits everywhere I go I wear you know and they're loud and they're ridiculous and they you know I look like a crazy preacher from you know a Baptist church because I that's who Sticks is Sticks is a strip club DJ who is loud and obnoxious and doesn't care about anything but money and winning right and that's the character that I portray when I do commentary and that's who I am as a manager if I work with you as a talent you know, we're going to win and I'm going to cheat to do it. And I don't care if you like it. I don't care what you think. Your opinion is irrelevant to me unless you're filling my pockets. And that's who sticks is. And then when you understand your character, when you understand where you're trying to go, it makes it much easier for you to walk out of that curtain, feel that rush and go, I got him. You know, you know, your, your look when I saw your, when I saw your picture, I'm like, he's got that Marty Scroll kind of vibe to him. You know, I the, love the, the suit and everything and the sticks. Yeah. I was like, that's that's a Marty Scroll vibe right there. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, man. That's a big compliment. I think for me, wrestling has been um, first of all, to be in the business and to be considered good in the business is such an incredible compliment because as a kid, right, you watch it on TV and go, I want to do that. I think I could do that. But how the hell is somebody like me going to do that? And I'll tell you right now, I've had a lot of stops and starts in my wrestling journey as a performer. When I was 19 years old, I called uh, a wrestling school whose head trainer is a Hall of Famer. I won't mention his name. We spoke on the phone. He told me in no uncertain terms that no one would ever want to work with a cripple and that I shouldn't even try, and that I should just be a fan. And he hung up on me. So 
you know, maybe I held on to that for a little longer than I should have, but you know, here we are, you know, I'm 37. I've been doing this now for almost five years. I've done close to 400 shows with 30 different companies and work with some of the biggest stars in the history of the business. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, if you're a major company and you need a voice for your product and you need somebody with a personality, you're looking at them. Yeah. Uh, it's about selling yourself, putting yourself out there. And obviously you're doing that. I think you can't be afraid, right? Like, and the same thing for you. Like you started doing this because it was a pandemic and you, you, you wanted to tell your story and you wanted to, and here you are five years later and holy shit. Like you've had some great guests and I mean, yeah. now you I got mean, me. I've had, <laughs> I mean, I've had yourself. I had Duke. I've had Olympic athletes. I had Greg on the show. Um, you know, and I've, I've also shared with people that I was, I was a three sport athlete, you know, former three time state champion in Florida in cycling. This is back, back when I was younger. And oh, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. I would have made the Paralympics, but I retired due to injuries. Um, but I still, <laughs> I, still I retired due to injuries and I still work out. So yeah, it was, it was a lot of, I, cause I get a lot of knee strains and spasms and so i was dealing with a lot of that towards the end of my end of my career so i was like you know what my mind's gonna last longer than my body and you know sure they were gonna offer me a lot of money you know sponsorships they were gonna offer me a six-figure contract to compete professionally and i thought about it and i'm like you know what with with the way my body is now and how i've been dealing what i've been dealing with it's not worth it so I turned it on. People looked at me like, dude, are you crazy? You turned out a six-figure contract for, for, for your, um, it's my health. Your health is more important than, than money. Yeah, no doubt. I think, uh, what, what other sports have you done? I did football, baseball, and I was a three-time state champion in cycling. But, you oh, know, riding my awesome, bike, dude. you know. Like, that's right. awesome, dude. Are you still, I mean, like, do you still ride recreationally or are you done, done? Oh, yes, yeah, I still ride recreationally and I still, <laughs> you know, do a lot of, weightlifting and stuff and i keep myself in pristine shape always thinking to myself you know i might be 32 and i feel like i could do it one more time you know in the back of my mind i always keep saying do it one more time you can do it you can do it you can do it and i'm like no i don't think i should i'm I'm like i'm like i'm like edging christian right now it's like should i come out of retirement and do it <laughs> entertain the fans or should i keep you know keep it shut well, man, I think uh, I think you gotta you gotta make what your you said your health is more important, and I think that's that's the way to go because you know you only get one body, you only get one shot, and you you can't just throw it away because somebody threw you a stack of money. Although it is really fun to count money, that's one of my favorite things to do is counting money. It's my favorite. <laughs> but health health is uh, health is really important. Yeah, bro. Um, you know, I think for us, for anybody. Sports is so important, right? When when oh, I yeah. first started lifting weights, I looked at it as a power lifter. I wanted to be as strong as possible because my one of my football coaches was like, "Man, you're you just got that strength in you. You just got to lift heavy and be big." And I was like, "Okay, cool." So I did that for a while. I just as strong as I could be, as 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 big as I could get, I would just be. But after high school. I was like, well, what do I do now? Because like, you can't just be a powerlifter and make money. That's, you know, especially a gimpy powerlifter and make money. It's not a thing. So 
I found wheelchair bodybuilding and I started to, you know, sculpt my body instead of just lifting heavy weights. And, you know, bodybuilding was another thing for me that was like a, a really cool hyper-focused thing. Um, but it's also really hard on your body, man. It kills your joints. The diet is not necessarily the healthiest thing in the world. You know, it's, you're, de you're depleting yourself of all your nutrients to look as good as you possibly can on stage for one day for 10 minutes. And then you're covered in fake tan and oil and you smell weird. And it's just, it was fun and exhilarating and all those things and like being on stage and, but it just wasn't, I'm not made to be a bodybuilder. I'm just not, it's just not who I am. It's not my body shape. I'm just a, I'm a bigger guy. I'm supposed to be, you know, barrel chested and big armed and have big shoulders. And, and I had to come to terms with all that. And I think, um, after competing, you know, I did five, six years on the circuit, 2008, I was number two in the heavyweight class in the country. Wow. Um, I did. I've been in Flex Magazine a couple of times and, uh, you know, had some some mild success as a bodybuilder. But like. It just there's a lot more politics behind the scenes. I got disqualified one year because I had posted a video of me training, but I wasn't in a wheelchair. And according to the governing body of wheelchair wow. bodybuilding, you have to be in a wheelchair 24 seven for it to That's count. Right. And. So they disqualified me from competition. And I was like, well, do you want me to send all my trophies back? Like, well, how do we like, they're like, no, you just can't compete anymore. So, um, you know, so that kind of put a sour taste in my mouth when it comes to bodybuilding, just because it's one of those things where you're trying to make yourself the best you can be. Right. And have somebody backbite you and like go behind your back and say, ah, oh, this guy, this guy cheats like essentially they were calling me a cheater and i was like man yeah, that's... It's, it's not like it's not like you were doing a doing a steroid or anything like that just, you and that's just the thing is like in bodybuilding steroids are definitely not cheating you know what i mean but like if you're a guy in a wheelchair sometimes and not all the time apparently that's an unfair advantage which is fine you know it's their party it's their rules it's their house i'm i'm good but, um, you know, I got I got a chance when I moved to Chicago for a couple of years to play sled hockey uh, for a couple of seasons. And sled hockey, my friend, is a sport you should try. If you like moving fast, if you like, you know, being physical and hitting people and sled hockey is the game, my dude. It is bumper cars on ice. It is freaking dope. I'm going to check it out. Oh, my God. Let me tell you, brother. And I was a defenseman, right? Because I'm big. So they're like, all right, so you just stay by the net and hit people. So literally my whole job was literally just skate around and hit anybody with a puck, which was great. The only penalty I ever got was for roughing because I hit somebody a little too hard. But, you know, whatever. It's fine. That, so that was cool. Um, but then when I moved back to Florida, I was like, if I'm going to do wrestling, if, if I'm going to genuinely give wrestling a shot, I have to do it now. So, you know. I found a school close to my house and he was like, yeah, come on down. We'll take a look at you and see what you can do. And dude, I remember the first time I rolled in the ring, you know, I crawled under the bottom rope and I rolled in and kind of just like felt it, you know, and took a bump and man, it was my house. It was, it was my house. You know, I was like, okay, this is, this is what it is. This is where I'm supposed to be. And I know that sounds crazy, especially for guys like us, but yeah, 
Give me a wrestling ring. Sometimes you find you find that peace, and that peace for you was wrestling. Yeah, it's crazy, right? It's crazy. Yeah, man. Well, and then you've you've accomplished all this, and then and then uh, of course you mentioned off air a little earlier. Then you had a then you had a struggle with an accident recently, right? You had a car accident. You have had to deal with that too. Yeah. So back in July. I was leaving my neighborhood and I got hit on the driver's side uh, by another vehicle. In the accident, at the scene, uh, there was some confusion with my insurance and they were under the impression I didn't have insurance. I actually did. Um, But um, my vehicle was insured through my bank and I had my own personal insurance. So because of that confusion, I'm still in a situation where I'm renting a car week to week. Uh, and that, this was back in July. Um, so it's, wow. been, it's been a few months now. And, and it's it's been a taxing experience, to say the least. Now we're in a situation where the car has been deemed as a total loss. And we're getting wow. we're trying to get the insurance company to reevaluate and deem it a total loss so that I can, you know, pursue getting a new, a new vehicle, a more stable form of transportation so that's kind of where i'm at right now i started a gofundme to try and help raise funds to pay for the rental and and do all that crazy stuff because it is what it is life expensive but um yeah man it's been a it's been a messy few months for sure and it's cost me in bookings and mental peace and you know peace of mind and sleep and all that so yeah it's been it's been a ride but we're you know i'm Slowly getting there, right? Slowly getting yeah. back at it. And if I'm you guys want to donate, I'll, I'll definitely put the link in the in the description so you guys can click that link. Uh, check out his his incredible um journey and really help him get back up. Because sometimes you need those people. To, you need good people to help you get back up. You know. Yeah, and I'm not the best at asking for help. I don't know if it's stubbornness I'm the or same pride. way too. Like, I I don't really. <clears throat> I think it comes from uh, us knowing that in the outside world, we're seen as weaker already, yeah. right? So like yeah. going out and saying, hey, you know, I, I, I am vulnerable. I am weak. I have this problem. I do need this help. I think for us is a little harder. Um, doesn't make it right or, you know, that we can't. We just need to be less afraid or less prideful of, of of you know saying hey I, I need this and that's kind of where i'm at so yeah if you could donate that'd be great if you know i have my own merch uh, i have some sticks shirts and and the like available at a company called t public and it's just t public.com backslash sticks fix it's s-t-i-x fix it's it's really cool i got like eight designs up there and it's a cool website it's made primarily for artists and you just upload your art and then they do all the printing and shipping for you. It's really cool. So for you being that what you've so with everything you've accomplished, you know, we've got to know we've got to know who Sticks is on this show and what he represents. For you, what is what is what is a legacy that you would like to leave, you know, Whew. when you're when you when you decide to be like, you know, I'm ready to hang this up or I'm ready to hang my boots. I'm ready to just right off into you know the sunset what kind of legacy do you want to leave 
Brother, I don't think I'm ever going to ride off into the sunset. That's just not who I am as a person. I'm going to go out like a like a firework. Um, I think that's more of me. But legacy, I think that's that's heavy, my dude. Um, I would like to be. They say that if your dreams don't scare you, you're not dreaming big enough. So let's just let's just shoot for it here. I would like to be the first ever Hall of Fame wrestling personality with cerebral palsy. I would like to be somebody that people can look at and go, yeah, man, he had all this stuff, but there he is being great. And like I say all the time, all I ever wanted for my life is respect and greatness, right? And they both are things that you earn every day, right? Even when you don't feel like it, you got to get up and you got to go to work and you got to work out and you got to, try to find the right food and drink enough water and do all those things that you're supposed to do for yourself, right? For your health, for your mind. And some days, man, like, you know, some days you just wake up and your body doesn't work right and you're shaky and shit doesn't feel good, but you still got to go. You still got to try to get on that treadmill for 10 minutes and you still got to try and, you know, get a sweat in before work. So you feel half human and you, and, but, you got to do it. And that's just, I think for us, especially just talking to you, I know we're similar mindset when it comes to how life is, you just do it. You just do, it's not even a choice. You know, people ask me all that, how do you do all, you just do it. You just do it. You can't be scared. You're going to be scared anyway. So are you going to be scared and bored? Are you going to be scared and try to do some stuff? You might fall on your face. You might cut yourself. You might get a little bloody, but let me tell you something. You learned, you grew, and you got a little tougher. So, and you got your ass back up. Damn right. <laughs> hey, brother, it's it's been an absolute pleasure, an absolute honor. Um, I hope we're able to, to uh, work some more together. You know, because I I love to pick your brain a bit more. You know, and I feel like you have a lot to contribute in this society, and you've you've done so. You've done that. You've done so much for our society and you still have a lot more to go. Thank you very much, my friend. It's been an absolute pleasure. Anytime you want me around, just say so, my guy, you know how to find me. Also, all, right. uh, um, all of my social media, if you want to uh, like, follow, subscribe, uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok is all at sticksman92. That's S-T-I-X man 92. And then Facebook is just Ken Sticks Ray. Uh, but I'm everywhere, man. So find me, like, share reach out, say hi, tell me to go fuck myself, whatever. I don't care. And I, I, will, share, I will share all the all the socials at the description. Um, if you guys want to listen to this show, you guys can go on, on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, and every other major podcasting outlet out there. Um, Sticks, it's been a pleasure, brother. You know, and uh, like I said, we're making a huge difference in this world, but what really matters is we get up every day and we keep on moving. Amen, my friend. It's been a pleasure. All right. Well, until next time, everybody, be safe and keep on moving. <laughs>